the writer and professor and Presbyterian minister Craig Barnes tells a story about an entrance rite for a Benedictine monastic community. So these monks who come to the entrance rite and they're leaving their old life behind as they're about to take on a brand new life as people of a monastic order, well, it's a surprising story. And what they do is they show up at the service wearing their regular street clothes, clothing of the world. And during the course of the service, there's a time where they literally disrobe. This is not the surprising part because I think they wear other clothes underneath. But they disrobe and then they're handed new robes, humble robes of, of a monk's life. And they take those on and they wear the new clothing that they're going to wear for the rest of their lives when they take their vows. Now here's the surprising part. What they do with the old clothes, you would expect that maybe they would burn them or maybe they would donate them or discard them in some sort of way, but they don't. They lovingly take the clothes of their former life and they hang them in their room, in their closet, right next to where they will hang their monastic robes every night. So when you think about it, in the morning when they wake up, they go to their closet to get dressed for the day and they're faced with a choice every day the clothes of their life before, or their clothes of the life that they choose, which is a life above. And I find this a compelling story and a helpful story for us as Christians, because I think sometimes we kind of casually take an attitude that we became Christian a long time ago if we did. We, we chose it maybe, or maybe somebody chose it for us, and we've just lived into it and gone along with it. But I think a more accurate view of what our faith is really about is something that we choose every day if we live it at all. It's a daily thing. It's like when the person asks somebody, when did you get saved? And you expect the answer is going to be a certain day and time. I think a more accurate answer is every day. Another thing about the clothing is it's a reminder that to follow comes at a cost. It's been said that grace is free, but discipleship is costly. And every day you can imagine those monks looking at the life that they've turned from so that they can turn to a higher life. We get to do that every day as well. And now Jesus is teaching us that with this wonderful gospel lesson that we just heard. It's a great gospel lesson, I think, for the first service of the program year. I've got a friend who is a chaplain at a school in New Hampshire, and he's saying, he's preaching on this very same lesson to high school kids. You cannot be my disciple unless you hate your father and mother. Hate your brother and sister. Hate your spouse. In fact, you've probably noticed in our services, we try to take music that sets the readings to, um, to hymnody, or to their musical settings, and um, there, I don't think there is any setting of, of the lines, you must hate your father and mother, you must hate your brother and sister. Though we did get the part about you must carry your cross, which we just sang. And in fact, I think it's a great lesson here to be careful 
If you were to take something just on face value, just on the surface literal level, somebody might say Jesus is telling us that we have to hate. But if you know anything about Jesus, you know that that doesn't square with all of who he was and is and has taught us. And so what does it mean? Well, one step for me towards what this really means is remembering that we need to be careful about idols. If you think about idols and idolatry, it would be very convenient if all the idols that were in our lives were golden calves, things that you could so easily point to and say, that's an idol. But in reality, the actual idols that keep us stuck in whatever ways that we find ourselves stuck, often there are things that actually started as good, but then they became something more than what they were meant to be or something other than they were meant to be. Anything that we're holding on to and we can't let go of, we can make that into an idol, even a good thing, even the best things. And Jesus is trying to shock these people awake by choosing the best things and telling them they have to be even willing to step away from the best things in their lives to be truly free, to truly follow with all of their heart, soul, and being. And another way of coming at this is what Dietrich Bonhoeffer had to say. Many of you probably know about Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He was a Lutheran pastor from Germany. He got on the wrong side of Hitler in the 30s. And he was actually given the opportunity to come to the United States and live in safety and continue to be a professor of theology. But he was a man who practiced what he preached. And he realized that he needed to be with his people and he needed to continue speaking out for what was right, even at the risk of his personal safety. And the, one of the stories I've read about him is that when he went back to Germany, it was the very last steamer that you could take from the United States as a private citizen back to Germany as the war was heating up further and further. And if you know about his story, you know that he did perish at the hands of the Nazis. And you know the most famous book that he wrote is a book called The Cost of Discipleship. And he wrote that book in 1937 when he was just 31 years old. This is what Dietrich Bonhoeffer had to say about this very passage. He said, the call of Jesus teaches us that our relation to the world has been built on an illusion. All the time we thought we had enjoyed a direct relation with men and women and things. This is what had hindered us from faith and obedience. Now we learn that in the most intimate relationships of life, in our kinship with father and mother, brothers and sisters, in married love, and in our duty to the community, direct relationships are impossible. Between father and son, husband and wife, the individual and the nation, stands Christ the mediator, whether we are able to recognize him or not. That speaks to me. I've thought about this in the, in the places in my life where I have encountered love, where I have loved another person, another being. Something comes over you. It's not 
just an emotion or a positive feeling. It's a transformative thing to step into because when you step into love, Christ is standing between you and your beloved every time. I believe this is the truth. When, when you see a cross to that person or that entity that is your beloved, you're seeing through Christ, the mediator. In other words, I believe you're seeing with the eyes of God. I believe that Jesus is in our midst at all times, but when we enter into the power of love, we are letting the fullness of Christ take hold, not just in us, but in all that surrounds us. And this is a wonderful lesson for this first day of our program year because there will be many people who walk in through these doors throughout the months ahead. It's good to remember, as a vestry member I was speaking with a few days ago said, you know, no one walks into a church without there being a reason. Remember that. Whoever you see, whoever you greet as they walk in through those doors, that we are called to invite Christ into that space between us and them. The choir and the Sunday school teachers were here yesterday doing a Saturday retreat, practicing music and and also practicing the lessons to teach the children. And I reminded them when we did this very same passage, think about the music, the vibration of sound, the airwaves that travel through this invisible air connects us all, as do the teachings when we're in that role, teaching, nurturing, and mentoring other people. And more is said too, Jesus goes on and he talks about counting the cost and he talks about the towers that are built and I've read that during his time if you were to walk around the land you would see all of these incomplete towers. It was a land of unfinished towers and you know what they represented was people's hubris. People who were Roman citizens who wanted to show off and build something great in their honor but they didn't count the cost and they didn't know how to finish it. And then people would ridicule those people. And Jesus says, don't be like that. And he also says, it's like if you were a king and you were going to go out to war and you find out that the other king has twice as many soldiers as you do and there's no chance that you're going to win, well, what you're going to do is you're going to negotiate a peace. And what I think he's saying and what I believe with all my being to be true is that in the end, love will win. You can try to resist, you can try to fight, but love is going to win. So negotiate a peace with a force that is more powerful and that is above all that we have, all we can offer. We should join forces with that force. You could look at Dietrich Bonhoeffer and you could think, well, the Nazis did pretty well. They destroyed Dietrich Bonhoeffer and many others like him, but really, Although his body was destroyed, his soul was not. His soul remained intact. It's an example to us that love will win. And we can join forces with that winning force. And so just like those monks, we can look every day, which set of clothing will we choose to put on? And we can choose love today, and we can choose love every single day. Amen.